What's up? It's your boy, Ruby Rube, coming at you from the Gathering Strength Podcast, Vieri's Equity Iundo. We gather strength as we go. You already know, I want you to have that buff body, that buff mind, that buff spirit, and the buff bang. Life is going to be heavy. You better have a strong back. Now, your boy, Ruby Rube, man, I want you to win. I want you to learn how to accumulate strengths in all types of realms and all types of facets. And I want to illuminate some of those dark things in your life that may be robbing you and stealing and sucking away and zapping your vigor, your vitality, your energy. Because after all, once you're able to identify some of these weaknesses that were leading you further out into the wilderness? Now, what type of mature, well-evolved and growth mindset individual wouldn't want to correct and strengthen those? Not any person that I would want to fox with. So, if you're over here listening to the Gathering Strength Podcast, right on, thank you, and today I'm going to teach you a little bit more about something that can help you. And I'm going to hopefully illuminate something that is hurting you, stifling your growth, taking away your stonks. And we're going to walk away with something practical and implementable that we can do. So tune in, gather a writing utensil, a pen, a crayon, some chalk, whatever. Maybe bust out that Lisa Frank stationary pad that you've had since 1996. Dust that off and get ready to take some notes. Now, I am fortunate because I have a job that allows me to listen. Now, rather than tuning into Wild 94.9 and, you know, politic radio, I can tune into audiobooks, podcasts, and things that are going to stimulate my mind, get me to think, and things that can help me. So, wow, yeah, sure, listening to Cardi B all day talking about WAP, and listening to the Ying Ying twins skeet skeeting all over these walls, I get to listen to some audiobooks. Now, this last audiobook that I listened to, It was 16 hours long. Holy moly. Which leads me to a little little proverb that I heard, which resonates with me. And the proverb is, you can go to school and not receive an education. But you can receive an education and not go to school. And meanwhile, you know, I'm not in a classroom setting. I am tuned in. I have on my thinking cap and I'm open to receive valuable lessons. Now, the book that I listened to is called Why We Sleep, Unveiling the Mysteries of the Sleeping Brain. Now, this was a great book. You know, well, first of all, you know, we all sleep. We do it every single day. Now, do you know why you sleep other than you're tired, other than it's time to go memes? Do you know why you sleep? Well, if you don't know, 
you gonna learn today. While this book was 16 hours long, I'm only gonna talk about you know some of the, the footnotes because man, I'm not gonna be spending 16 hours on one podcast. The aim for creating this episode and creating this podcast is to sow a little seed into y'all, into alleviating some of the maladies that stifle your growth. And once you get a firmer foundation of this knowledge and this wisdom, hey, you can implement it in the, into your life to remedy some of these problems. So anyways, on to the book. Why We Sleep, written by a renowned sleep scientist. Did you know that there's sleep scientists? Now, back when I was a kid, I didn't know a job like that exists. How did I, how did I know that, uh, hey, maybe your old boy Ruby Root could have been a sleep scientist? I didn't even know something like that existed. But anyways, this guy, Matthew Walker, he's a renowned sleep scientist, so he has been accepted, verified, vouched for by other smart people, by other sleep scientists. And they all point to him, Matthew Walker, like, yep, he's the guy. So he wrote a big old book on just sleep. Anyway, so this book, a groundbreaking exploration of the fundamental importance of sleep in our, in our lives. In this captivating book, Walker delves into the intriguing world of sleep, unveiling its profound impact on our physical and mental well-being. With a compelling blend of scientific research, fascinating anecdotes, and practical insights, Why We Sleep shines a much-needed spotlight on a vital yet often neglected aspect of our lives. Now, I can speak on first-hand experience of how important sleep is, not with a scientific research study, but from experience, I know that when I do not get my beauty sleep, when I don't get my rest, hey, daddy is not a happy guy. And you know what? All of it is backed by research and study. And it is a fascinating thing to consider that, hey, rather than it just affecting my mood, scientists, these smart guys, they dive into why. How come after a a bad night's rest, do you feel like crap? Turns out that the Matthew effect has its tentacles in into every single realm. If you don't know what the Matthew effect is, hey, don't worry. Your boy Ruby Rude created a podcast about that as well. So go ahead and dig into my catalog and listen and learn about the Matthew effect because I'm going to hit you on to some sleep wisdom right now and how the Matthew effect is applicable. For example, when you do not get an adequate night's rest, just one night, you know, maybe you might be able to get away with it, but hey, let's let's delve a little bit deeper. I'm going to be taking off my, my hat that I have on right now, and I'm going to be putting on my research scientist hat. Now, there you are, waking up all groggy, your alarm went off and you didn't get the proper amount of shut-eye. Now you're waking up in a bad mood. You're stumbling through your day. 
and you had some goals. Key word is had, because with that bad night's rest, your goals go out the window, or they have a higher probability to go out the window. So you had made the promise that you're going to start eating right, and you're going to go to the gym, or you were going to just do something that was going to take all your mental focus and energy. But because you didn't wake up refreshed, and you didn't get that revitalizing sleep, everything about you is diminished. And there was a comparison that the book made that used a a broken pipe in your house. Now, when you have a busted water pipe in your house and it's just pouring in, now that water pipe, the water is going to seep into everything. It's going to fill up every little nook, every little cranny with water. And that is how it works with your sleep. There's nothing in your body that escapes the deleterious effects of a inadequate night of sleep. Every single cell in your body is going to be reduced, diminished, and overall not going to be working to its highest standard. So therefore, and overall, you are diminished. Now, I can reflect on my life when I was not getting adequate sleep and I would stay up late. I'd watch another episode of I Love Lucy or maybe just hanging out with the homies, just whatever. I'd stay up late and the very next morning, of course, that bill is due and I would be paying it all day long. The only thing that would be on my mind is I can't wait to get home to go to sleep. I know I'm not the only one. Have you ever woken up you know, from your alarm going off and the first thought that you thunk in your head was, I can't wait to go back to bed. You just need that day to get over so you can get back into your bed. I know I'm not the only one. Hey, let's go ahead and add maybe a little bit of a hangover. Uh, maybe a lingering beer buzz. Ooh, now that is even compound. Now, now that that yearning and desire for sleep is magnified times 10. So therefore, everyone and everything, every little obstacle in your life is now an inconvenience. So now you're rather than greeting the day and the people who are blessed to have you in their life, now they are a curse. You're just like, man, all of these little things are just obstacles and I can't wait to go to bed. You are all bothering me. You cannot greet the day with your best version of yourself with an inadequate amount of sleep. So the book goes on to talk about uh, the science of sleep. So Walker, the author, takes readers on a captivating journey through the science of sleep, unraveling its complex mechanisms and shedding light on its crucial role in our overall health. Now this book, hey, it does get very technical. He talks about the different aspects of sleep spindles in your brain. He talks about REM sleep. 
and just then all of these things so this one is a it's a pretty technical book but it is informative um he he talks about the various stages of sleep including REM rapid eye movement and non-REM sleep and explains how they contribute to memory consolidation emotional regulation and the learning process so I just briefly spoke on something how much more annoyed someone can be when they are not getting adequate sleep because according to the science of sleep adequate sleep helps you with emotional regulation so if you are you know frequently annoyed or just a Debbie Downer or you're dealing with depression or just can't find the energy that you used to have hey look no further are you getting enough sleep if not hey problem solved try that start there and believe me i know it is hard to get a good night's rest because there are so many distractions we essentially have the world's entertainment system and the world's instant gratifying dopamine hit in the palms of our hands which is aka our phones and those things call to us if we do not exercise discipline and identify the highest values over the superfluous then hey the phone is going to give us that instant dopamine hit you know even the blue light according to uh sleep science I guess our cell phones are these LEDs. They emit a blue light frequency to our brains. And our brains are just not well adapted or evolved to receive blue light at nighttime. And that just keeps us up even more, perpetuating the cycle of sleeplessness. So the author goes on to write, uh, one of the key messages in this book is the pervasive impact of sleep deprivation on modern society. Walker explores the alarming consequences of insufficient sleep from impaired cognitive function and decreased productivity to an increased risk of chronic diseases such as obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disorders, and even certain forms of cancer. Now, all of that stuff that he just talked about, or that I just said, he dives deep into facts about all of that, um, all of those things, like um, impaired cognitive function. For example, he was using how in some areas of the state, in some areas of the country, the early start times that kids have to go to school that impairs their learning capability and now so check this out here is where the Matthew effect is going to put people on a spiral going down the toilet bowl so Mira check it out so because you know these children are staying up later because they have tablets and distractions and cell phones and TikTok so they stay up later and now because the school is forcing them to rise earlier now they did not get their adequate sleep and so that is going to put a stress and create a impaired cognitive function so now they're not going to be learning the things that they should be learning they're not going to be getting the test scores they're not going to be where they are 
supposed to be at academically, but guess what happens? Now they start getting frustrated. Now they start rebelling. And now they start talking back. Hey, and now they start getting into trouble. And now they start doing cocaine to numb the problems. And next thing you know, they're on the corner hooking. Well, that is a dramatic example of what can happen. Hey, boy, Ruby, Ruby, we need to follow and pull on this yarn and see, hey, where does it lead us to? Turns out that your lack of sleep is much more detrimental to your health and could potentially lead you out on the corner hooking. Like I said, that this book, 16 hours long, I'm not going to get into everything, but hey, here's something interesting. Dreams and sleep disorders. Why We Sleep, the book, delves into the mysterious world of dreams, unraveling their significance and exploring the relationship with sleep disorders such as insomnia, sleepwalking, and night terrors. The author offers intriguing insights into the potential functions and interpretations of dreams, shedding light on their connection to our emotional well-being. Now, dreams, hey, you know, we still don't even know why we dream. There is not conclusive data showing exactly why we dream. And one of the examples that he compared it to was this. He compared it to a light bulb. For example, check it out. So a light bulb. A light bulb's main purpose and function is to illuminate a dark space. There's a, it, there's a filament inside a glass bulb. Turn the light switch on. And the only thing that it was created for was to create light. But a byproduct of that is that it creates heat. Now, the heat is a byproduct. There's no use for the heat that is generated when a light bulb is turned on. Now, there's a hypothesis that sleeping is a, or dreaming is a useless byproduct of sleeping. Now, there's study, there's scientists out there who feel that yes dreaming is is just a byproduct of our mind sorting itself out so fascinating stuff so cultural and societal factors also affect our sleeping behaviors such as they contribute to the erosion of sleep in modern society he critiques the prevalence of sleep deprivation as a badge of honor and challenges the societal norms and that... Let me start that over. He critiques the prevalence of sleep deprivation as a badge of honor and challenges the societal norms that prioritize work and productivity at the expense of sleep. The book encourages a paradigm shift in our perception of sleeping, urging individuals, employers, and policymakers to recognize and prioritize its vital role in our well-being. So I like the part that he says um, that some people wear it as a badge of honor. And you know, the people that do that, they're the idiots. They're the ones who are burning the candle at both ends, ultimately 
diminishing their life. And there was another comparison that the author expressed that resonated with me. And he used the comparison of a drunk person at a bar wanting to drive home. And now all of it's, uh, you know, less drunk friends or sober people at the bar. They're like, hey, you are obviously drunk. You cannot drive. And meanwhile, the drunk person is like, no, I'm fine. Don't worry. I've only had uh, one beer. You know, they're just hammered, right? So you can't tell a drunk person that they're drunk because that drunk person doesn't think that they're drunk. That's how drunk they are, right? So he compares a a sleep-deprived individual being the same type of person where if you were to tell someone that they're sleep-deprived, if you were to answer or ask them the question like, hey, how many hours have you been sleeping per night? Like, oh, I've only been sleeping three hours or four hours. I've been working so hard. I've been going hard. I've been grinding. Now, who has time to sleep? I'll sleep when, I, when I'm dead, right? So that societal norm and that badge of honor that that person wears, they don't even know that they are sleep deprived. That's just how they operate. Now, let me ask you this question. When you have been tired from a prolonged uh, span of inadequate sleep, how did you feel? Were you filled with energy? Were you filled with vigor? Or were you just, you know coasting along on autopilot now wow you know that's going to be a rhetorical question because i know you were coasting along on autopilot you weren't operating the best that you're able to now let me ask you this rhetorical question again in which you're not going to be able to answer now when you get a full night's rest of sleep do you wake up feeling like superman and wonder woman and the incredible hulk that's how i feel when i wake up after a adequate night's rest, I feel like uh, I, I can go do an Iron Man. Now here is uh, some personal reflections and takeaways. So uh, throughout the book, Walker talks about you know, some anecdotes sharing his own. Well, so here are some some excerpts from the book. Sleep is the Swiss army knife of health. When sleep is deficient, there is sickness and disease. And when sleep is abundant, there is vitality and health. Another excerpt is, the shorter you sleep, the shorter your life. Dreaming is a time when the brain performs a virtual mop-up of mental garbage. Filing away the useful information and deleting the useless. Sleep is not an optional lifestyle luxury. It is a non-negotiable, non-negotiable biological necessity. The price of insufficient sleep may be poor health, impaired judgment, and lost productivity. Sleep is the single most effective thing you can do to reset your brain and body. We don't simply need sleep after learning something new. Rather, we need sleep before learning as well as after for memory and learning. The sleeping brain is anything but idle. It is a, 
It is choreographing a symphony of neural activity that produces a wide range of benefits for our mental and physical well-being. Sleep is an ancient, powerful, and beautiful process that evolution has conserved across a species for a reason. And this is one of the most beautiful ones that resonated with me. So the final excerpt that I'm going to share from the book is the best bridge between despair and hope is a good night's rest. Now here is something interesting. It is um, it's called the daylight saving time paradox. So twice a year, when we transition into and out of daylight saving time, our clocks are adjusted, leading to shifts in our sleep schedules. While the intention behind daylight uh, saving time is to optimize daylight and conserve energy, it has been observed that these time changes are associated with, associated with an increase in accidents. This phenomenon, known as the daylight saving time paradox, has intrigued researchers and policymakers alike. So the first one, the first problem that it creates is a disruption of circadian rhythms. Our bodies operate on an internal 24-hour clock known as the circadian rhythm. Daylight saving time abruptly alters the time of our daily routines, including sleep and wake schedules. The sudden shift can disrupt our circadian rhythms, leading to sleep disturbances and fatigue. Research suggests that the first few days after the daylight saving time transition are particularly challenging for our bodies to adjust, potentially impairing cognitive function, reaction times, decision-making ability skills, and all critical factors in accident prevention. Sleep deprivation and fragmentation. Uh-oh. The time change associated with daylight saving time can result in a loss or fragmentation of sleep. People often struggle to adapt to the new sleep schedule, especially when they lose an hour of sleep during the spring transition. This sleep deprivation can accumulate over time, leading to decreased vigilance, attention lapse, and slower reaction times, all of which can contribute to an increased risk of accidents on the roads, in the workplace, or in other environments. Increased evening activity and traffic. During daylight saving time, evenings are brighter due to the shift in daylight hours. This extra of hour of daylight encourages people to engage in outdoor activities or extend their daytime pursuits such as driving, cycling, or socializing. The increased evening activity can lead to more crowded roads, greater traffic volume, and potentially riskier situations. The combination of increased activity and potential fatigue from disruptive sleep patterns during the transition may contribute to an elevated accident or risk of collisions. So the conclusion is the daylight saving time paradox presents a complex interplay of factors that contribute to an increased frequency of accidents during the time transitions. So during that Monday before the daylight saving times, there's an increase in car accidents. There's an increase in heart attacks. There's an increase in emergency room visits. And to invert that sentiment, when we fall back, when we get that extra hour of sleep, a decrease happens in all of those things that I just mentioned. So that is how important 
just one more hour of sleep is, and that is how deleterious a one hour lack of sleep can be to your health. Don't worry, baby bird, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Here are some tips to help you get that buff sleep game so you can get that buff body, buff mind, buff spirit, and buff bang. The most important, the most important one is going to be this, according to the author, because he, I'm going to give you a bunch of tips, but he, he was like, man, this is the one out of the whole book. If you take away at least this one, he will have done his job. So I'm going to pass on that knowledge. Here we go. Write this down. I hope you have that Lisa Frank stationery pad out with your smelly marker or your highlighter, or your crayon, get ready to write this down. Number one, stick to a consistent sleep schedule. Establish a regular sleep routine by going to bed and waking up at the same time every day, even on weekends. This helps regulate your body's internal clock and promotes better sleep quality. Number two, tip number two, I got your back, don't worry. Create a relaxing bedtime ritual. Number three, establish a sleep-friendly environment. Make sure your bedroom is dark, quiet, and at a comfortable temperature. Consider using blackout curtains, earplugs, or a white noise machine to minimize disruption and create a conducive sleep environment. Now, one thing that I used to get my beauty rest is I sleep with a sleep mask on. That was turned on to me by my wife because prior to her, I didn't sleep with it. And when me and my wife started, you know, spending the nights together, she would have a sleep mask. I'd be like, what the hell is that? Why don't you just close your eyes? And I would make fun of her until she convinced me to try it. I tried it and I have not went back on that. Now, I can't sleep with earplugs on because, hey, I need to know if someone is breaking into my house. In which case, I got the heater. I got the work out for that one. You come into my house when I'm sleeping, man, I hear you. And you're going to be met with the faux five. Tip number four, limit screen time before bed. Avoid, avoid electronic devices such as smartphones, tablets, and computers. The blue light emitted by these devices can interfere with melatonin production, making it harder to sleep. Number five, avoid stimulants. Limit or avoid caffeine, nicotine, or alcohol, especially in the evening. Number six, exercise regularly. Engage in regular physical activity during the day as it can promote better sleep. However, Avoid vigorous exercise close to bedtime as it may energize your body and make it harder to fall asleep. Create, or tip number seven, create a comfortable sleep environment. Nine, manage your stress. Yep, you're going to need to be able to go to bed with a clear conscience because if you are worried about all of the dirt that you did during the day, hey, those demons are going to be messing with you at the nighttime. You might want to cut out all those horror movies, too. Hey, that's what I did. Can't watch anything scary before I go to bed. (laughs) I have one of those minds. I need to keep my mind pure. Avoid heavy meals and excessive fluid intake before bed. Yep, excessive fluid. Can't be waking up in the middle of the night to go take a leak. Or the option is just wake up with a soggy mattress because you 
because you wet the bed. Like Number 10, seek professional help if needed. If you consistently struggle with sleep difficulties, such as insomnia or sleep disorders, it may be helpful to consult a healthcare professional. So there we have it. Man, I want you to win. I want you to do good. I want you to show up your best. Don't be coming all tired everywhere, man. Don't be coming looking like crap because, you know, you, you, you didn't have the energy to put yourself together. Wipe the cocos from your eye. Comb your hair. Get into some clothes. Get in your workouts. Do your push-ups. Read your books. Take your Flintstone vitamins and put down the damn tablets and the phones. You don't need to stay up to watch uh, Fast and Furious number 23 on Netflix any longer. Man, get that power nap. And you know what? Um, There was a time when I got hooked onto Breaking Bad when that one first came out. And the damn show was so good. And, And it always ended with a cliffhanger to where I was like, man, I gotta watch... I gotta see how this uh, how this ends. Next thing you know, I'm skipping out on naps, staying up later, and walking around like a zombie. So I identified something that was robbing me of my energy, and I cut that out. And now your boy Ruby Rube is on a path to where I don't even need a, a alarm anymore. I just wake up. Anyways, if you like this episode, if and if you stood around for the whole entire time, hey, I'm gonna say thanks. Hopefully you found something that can benefit you. Something that illuminated. Something that was otherwise residing in the dark. And now if you gained from it, go ahead and give me a like, a subscribe. And until next time, it's onward. Always onward.